Forbes reports that Workman's new study revealed that only 26% of workers felt psychologically safe during the height of the coronavirus pandemic. And a higher level of stress, burnout, and a greater feeling of loneliness. Neil Pretty is on a mission to change that. He's the CEO and founder of Aristotle Performance and a 2020 Vancouver Top 100 Innovator. Neil and his team help their clients across six continents and multiple industries build higher psychological safety, learning, and accountability. With a focus on innovative, scalable experiences for leaders and team development, while also building organizational capacity. Pretty join me this week to talk in depth about psychological safety, innovation in business, and succeeding at a leadership level. I'm Kevin McShann. Let's have this conversation. Thank you very much. Sounds like a good plan. Yeah, so now uh, I, I wonder if we can start our, our conversation by you sort of giving me a 360 degree view on how you uh, change the world and help people in their leadership journey. I'm fascinated, buddy, for you to tell me more. Yeah, so I'm the CEO of Aristotle Performance. Uh, and we specialize in developing psychological safety in organizations. So leadership is one of the most uh, influential parts of that. Uh, and my journey to where I am now really started in leadership at the age of 13 years old. I was in Army Cadets and you know had leadership right from then. And by the time I was 15 years old, um, I was leading a, a platoon. And then I've been in some kind of leadership position ever since then. Worked all over North America with all just different kinds of people. Um, by the time I was 32 years old, I'd led nearly 300 teams and, and you know, across that boundary now. And when I shifted into the corporate space, it was through coaching and career development. And then I didn't really at that time realize that leadership was not something that was taught as a unique skill inside of organizations. It was sort of go lead and see how you do. And, and I eventually specialized in 
developing, um, working with high potential leaders who were toxic, um, in part because I was the kind of person that was candid enough and caring enough to actually just say, to speak to them in very plain language, like, hey, you know, this, this way of leading that you've developed isn't healthy and we need to work on it, you know, and, and so I went through that path and then that evolved from working with individuals to working with teams and, and it, it evolved into working with entire organizations um, from sort of an organizational design and, and, and consulting perspective. And, and it's just evolved. And then this element around uh, psychological safety became um, uh sort of came into my world I, it you know I didn't sort of seek it out or it, it kind of came to me by accident and uh, then picked that up and realized that this piece around psychological safety was probably the most common thing we have amongst ourselves as, as human beings it's one of the most common uh, uh, elements of our human experience is the desire to be a part of a group and changing and adapting our behavior so that we fit into those groups and, and, you know, what, and in the wrong situations, we can, we end up being someone completely different and in the right situations, our whole self is welcome. And, and the things that are different amongst us lead to innovation. They lead to performance. They lead to, you know, team learning behaviors and these meaningful, more meaningful outcomes for people other than just being a number and a, and sort of a cog in a wheel, we get to be ourselves and organizations benefit from that. So it's like, for me, it was this, it became this calling to take all of my experience and combine it with other wonderful people that I work with, uh, partners all over the globe. We've worked with organizations and teams on six continents now, which I'm, I'm very proud of, because that means that my impact and the impact of my team is is exponential and that's a core value of mine to have exponential positive impact and it's this challenge of of doing something that benefits human beings at an individual level in their lives but also benefits organizations because people spend most of their lives sleeping or working so if we, can re- if we can make an organization the kind of place that enlivens and enables the individual, then I think that's a real win. I think that's a really possibly the biggest win. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you talk about uh, psychological safety. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, Bonnie, is that I do a lot of work with uh, folks with disabilities. I actually have um, cerebral palsy. Uh, myself and one of the passion projects that I have Bonnie is making sure that individuals with disabilities have access to a gainful and fruitful employment. So tell me about uh, your view on diversity, equity and inclusion when it comes to incorporating uh, folks with uh, disabilities into the workforce, Bonnie. Yeah, so I I actually really appreciate this question because you know, as a sort of cis white male who grew up in a middle class, middle to upper class family, you know, the assumption would be that I haven't had a lot of chance to interact with a lot of people of diverse backgrounds. And that was the greatest gift of working all over North America with different teams was seeing that if you take a human being and treat them a certain way, 
you can, you know, you, they're going to feel a certain way and they're going to have certain expectations. And I think that's why the psychological safety piece became so important to me because human beings have so much to offer. And if you create the conditions for them to offer that unique perspective, that unique life experience, that unique background, you, you can solve big problems a lot more easily because, you know, consensus is, is the, the fastest way to mediocrity. And it's in the, the differences between us. If we care enough to incorporate the differences between us and start learning about each other, then we have the opportunity to grow. And I think, to, so for me, the psychological safety ended up being this like, foundational thing we all experience so it became common ground to start that conversation and psychological safety the history of the research in psychological safety was actually in impression management and the his the the what sort of kicked off the research around impression management was all about learning readiness so it's like if we can create the conditions for psychological safety we can create the conditions for learning and if we look up the definition of learning, it's to gain new understanding. So to gain new understanding, we need difference as well. So not only do we benefit from our differences, we need difference and differentiation to grow and to innovate. And it, it's truly been the most amazing gift in my life to work with diverse groups of people and see the potential in them and try to create the conditions for them to uh, live up to that potential that they haven't already seen for themselves. And, and so it, it's been a really beautiful journey. And, and I think this, the, the question around diversity, equity, inclusion, it's just the more ways we can include and incorporate more diversity, the more benefit there is. It's just, I, I see there's like, there's no, there's no loss to anyone if we put effort into those those initiatives that 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 did that direction yeah absolutely and i, I thank you uh, for sharing that perspective and nearly telling that uh, congratulations is in order because that's how we think you've been named one of the one of the top 100 innovators but so tell me what does that honor mean to you personally um you know <laughs> It was a very strange honor. It came kind of out of left field and it wasn't, it, it took me a long time to really consider it as something uh, to, to accept it, you know, like to really accept that that was something that was a value. And, and I think it, what it really meant to me was doing, you know, th this was my seventh business you know, and, and doing, being in diverse industries and, and working with diverse people. And so I think that's actually the reason why I'm comfortable with letting go of my old ideas. You know, I, I always, I, I love to think of myself as the person who's most comfortable with being wrong in the room, you know, and, and I think that's actually what leads to innovation is the ability to rethink, relearn and, and adapt. And you know, for me, it, it actually, once I started to accept that honor, 
I really started to look and go, you know, this is something that I really, I really do aspire to and continue to aspire to, you know, and, and, um, you know, I would say the, yeah, I I think that's what I would say about it is really just, it it is an honor and it is such, such a core part of who I am innovating and trying new things. You know, it's just, it's one of the greatest joys in my life too. Yeah, absolutely. Congrats again on such a prestigious honor there, buddy. And building on that point, how do you think creative innovation and leadership are interconnected? So what does it mean to you to be a creative innovator? Um, I think it's connected to entrepreneurship to some degree where entrepreneurs always have this, um, they see a problem in the world and they're just crazy enough to think they can solve it. And they might or might not have an answer to that yet. And I think it's in the, it's the, the motivation is really being obsessed with a problem and being agnostic on the solution. Like, I am not particularly connected to any one solution. And as a result, that opens up a whole spectrum of solutions. And the call to action, instead of let's go out there and try to see how right we are, it's let's go out there and see how many different ways we can accomplish the same goal. And I think that's the connection. And, and when it, connecting that to leadership, you know, when you're leading, management is a job and and there's tasks associated with it that that you're often asked to do, but leadership is a relationship and every relationship is a little bit different. So how do you adapt to the person you're leading, to the team you're leading to level them up and, and enable them to reach a potential they thought was unavailable? You also have to have that sort of agnostic approach. You know, the, the problem or the challenge is getting someone to a new level they didn't think was possible. The solution might look very different for very different people. So it's, then as a leader, I think that's the connection is you kind of have to innovate your style in some, in some way to, to meet people where they're at. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Neil, we share a similar synergy, I believe believe in having a quality conversation to get to the root of the heart of a matter for whether it be an individual or a company or anything in between. I think it always starts with quality conversations. And you tell me by having quality conversations, it'll help determine the quality of your business decisions. I'm wondering if you can tell me more. Yeah, I mean, I, I I couldn't agree with that statement more. And I, I've actually shared very similar things with, with teams, you know, like the quality of the conversation will determine the quality of your outcomes. But also, you know, everything in life is a series of conversations, you know, and if and I, I my business partner in particular has probably heard me say this hundreds, hundreds of times. But, you know, if you ever doubt the importance of a conversation, remember that the greatest outcome of a conversation was your birth. Conversation is the thing that keeps us awake at night. 
the conversations that we've had that didn't go the way we want and the conversations that we haven't had. That's what keeps us up at night. So to anyone who doesn't think that a conversation that has meaning isn't a solution is very much missing out on the potential that is in front of them. Yes, absolutely. Jim, I'm also curious to ask you about your entrepreneurial mission in terms of having the focus on making sure that entrepreneurs and people in business feel empowered. What does that mean to you, Bonnie? To me, you know, when I was younger, I worked in a lot of work environments that were uh, some that were physically violent, a lot that were psychologically uh, very, very traumatic for a lot of people, Um, really dangerous places. Um, And, you know, that had a real impact on me. And the impact was that a lot of people go home as a result of work feeling less feeling less than, feeling used. And really the mission I have is that people can go home feeling better than when they went to work. You know, work can be a place where people find connection, they find meaning, and organizations don't have to, you know, use people. They can build people up. And I think that that's possible and everybody wins from the, in that equation, you know, and, and I think that's the, the, this idea that one party has to win or benefit and the other party has to lose. I, I think, I don't think that's necessary. I think everybody can, there's enough abundance in the world that everyone can win. The, and that includes the organization and the people that are within it. And is that an easy call to action? I would say absolutely not. <laughs> But, uh, but, you know, it, it is a meaningful one for me. And, and uh, you know, my entrepreneurial journey has led me to that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, part of what I think is important in life is sort of celebrating the wins in life. And no matter how big and small they are, but I said, tell me, in your view, how do you celebrate the wins in life? And, when you look at the, uh, your life from a, a 30,000 foot view, how do you think you want your legacy to be determined? Hmm. You know, it, it's it's interesting. My, my wife would probably tell you that I don't celebrate enough. <laughs> so I could probably use a little bit more work there. And I, I think there's a lot of an entrepreneurs that would probably say something similar. Um, but I really... You know, I'm a very active person. Every time I go out on my mountain bike, every time I go skiing, you know, to me, that's actually how I celebrate because my capacity and my opportunity to do that is how I balance out, you know, the fact that I've put in almost 50 hours this week and it's, it's, I'm not even halfway into Thursday, you know? So it's, to me, it's the, celebration is a balance balancing act with the hard work and drive towards a meaningful goal. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say in your question about legacy, 
is connected to my highest value. My highest value is to have exponential positive impact. And human beings struggle with linear thinking, or sorry, struggle with exponential thinking and are familiar with linear thinking. So it's hard to measure, but for me, it's really that impact. You know, if we're working with working on six continents, that that that's a legacy I, I'm proud of. Working with hundreds of leaders, that's a legacy I'm proud of. And, and so to me, it's v- enabling people at scale and like by volume, you know, and, and not necessarily in a way that that's easy to measure. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, my final question for you this afternoon has to do with how, how do you define business diversity? Oh, business diversity. <clears throat> well, I think there's probably an un- unending amount of ways that I could take that question. So it's an interesting question for that. But I think for me in what we do regarding psychological safety and developing that, developing team learning behaviors, creating the conditions for everyone to thrive in an organization. For me, business diversity is being able to do that in different industries. So we have a lot of success in financial industries, financial services, we have a lot of success uh, in, in medical field. We've, we've worked with publishing companies. We've worked with accounting. Co- we've worked with lots of different companies. And it's also companies like uh, um, you know, public works um, and call centers and places where uh, there's less corporate and more... Um, you know, yeah, less of that sort of high-level corporate work and more of the, the sort of everyday person, the average person. You know, I want to touch those people's lives as well. And to me, that's what business diversity is, is being able to take something that I feel is a human condition that we can work positively towards and being able to do it in multiple domains. Yeah, absolutely. And finally... Neil, tell me if people want to get connected with you personally or the good uh, business endeavors that you're involved with, buddy. What's the best way they can do that? Uh, Contacting us through the website, uh, Aristotle Performance, Aristotle, like the philosopher, uh, performance.com. And then uh, also LinkedIn is is a place where I'm quite active. So uh, Neil Pretty. uh, And yeah, that's Mr. Pretty, just like it sounds. Um, <laughs> uh, on, on LinkedIn, um, somebody had to have the name, right? So might as well be, might as well be a guy with a crazy mustache. So. <laughs> well, Neil, you know, I always say I like to be a trendsetter in life. So, so you got that going for you, right? <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Nick, I, or Neil, I really appreciated our time together talking about leadership, performance, and business, and everything in between, but your time on my behalf and work in the space is most appreciated, and I want to thank you for being here this afternoon. Wonderful. Thank you very much for having me. I think you're doing a fantastic job with the podcast and really enjoy it, and just 
you know, it, it's great to continue having these conversations with more people. So I appreciate your time and your energy and efforts as well.